love him today. Pastor Moore's coming. Everybody say, jump on him, Jesus. Don't you love him? Hallelujah. This is how we love him. Hallelujah. This is how we express that love. We put our hands together. We lift up our voices. We come with a countenance on our face and we're glad to be here. Oh, isn't it great to man how to love Jesus? Because he first loved us. Amen, amen. What an awesome God we serve here this morning that loves us as the scriptures taught us with an everlasting love. He loved me before I ever loved him. He provided my needs and made a way in my life before I ever really understood the name of Jesus. Before I could ever even call on that name, he was already my supplier. He'd already made a way, amen, that I could eat and walk and drink and do things. And he'd already made a way that I could attain salvation. He already made a way that I could be healed when diseases come my way. He already made a way and a door, amen, when the devil attacked me. He already made a way. He knew me when I was in the wound. He knew when I He's got an expected end for me. I'm glad to know that Savior this morning, the power of his love. Oh, how I want to express that love back. I'm in love with him and glad to be in the house of God today. Praise God. Lord bless you. It's good to see everybody here this morning. Let our classes go back. It's good to have our guests. So good to have, man, the family. Amen. With Sister Melissa here this morning, her family. God bless her. Good to see them with us and good to see each one of you. The house of the Lord today, it's always good to have Brother Ford's grand, great-granddaughter, I should say, with us here this morning too. Appreciate her being here. Hallelujah. Marie's children and all of them, God bless them. It's just great to be here today, to be here in the house of the Lord and the presence of God, the sure hand of the Lord and the sure touch of the Jesus Christ. We're sure living in a time that... People ought to be gathering every chance they get to the house of God. Hallelujah. I know there's things that works against us. Trying to hinder and trying to prevent that. Hallelujah. Talking to a preacher in the last week or two. and Man, he, he said, you know what? He said, the devil's really worked to divide the ministry. He said, now the devil's really working trying to divide the church. Amen. Stop all the assembling together and things of that nature. Hallelujah. Well, you know what? Hey, there's probably some truth in that, no doubt. But on the other hand, you know what? Pandemics is a good time to gather together. Pandemics and storm times, the attack of the enemy is a good time. Just, you know what? I'm going to come. I'm going to worship God. I'll be mindful of my brothers and sisters all day, not just in the house of God. I want to pray for those that are not able to be here this morning. We still got some that's sick, pretty sick. A man struggling. They're not sure if they even got COVID not and uh you know so what it, it COVID's no different amen than a, anything else when you present it to god amen put it before him and god's been good to us and i believe god's going to help us i'm glad i'm still in a nation amen far as we're concerned we're, we're a christian nation hallelujah and i'm determined to be that amen till we leave here and it still blows my mind and it's one thing that gets my blood boiling amen we talked about it in the hardware store some this week amen and people want to come from other countries but yet they want to bring their gods they want to bring their ideas and things of that nature but you know what why are you leaving that country if it's so well and doing so good and your god's done so well why are you coming here but man we're the land of the free 
And I'm telling you, the enemy is doing everything he can to rob us because we know where that true freedom comes from, that great liberty comes from. Amen. It's not just the freedom and liberty to do what we want to do and when we want to do it and how we want to do it and whatever and whoever's cost them. Amen. But the liberty we're talking about, amen, is a liberty against sin. That we don't have to be servants of sin. We don't have to be bound by the devil. We don't have to walk in darkness. But amen, you and I can walk in this place this morning with assurance and a confidence. Amen. That God's got it all mapped out. He is the author and finisher and anything God's big enough to start, He's big enough to finish it. I couldn't help but think as Brother Ford was talking about some of that and some of the chaos and the and somehow nervous they might be in our time. But I couldn't help but think about, amen, the precious mothers that's here that's expecting. Hallelujah. How I, I started, but I won't do it. Amen. To get them to come and walk up to this front and say, hey, what if you was in their shoes and you was in their place and you're facing the same world that they're facing, but I'm here to tell that generation and those mothers, you don't worry about it. Conception never took place. Hallelujah. None of it would never took comes about. God's still in the business, honey. Hallelujah. Protecting us and guiding us along the way. And it doesn't really matter. We're a winner either way. Hallelujah. We shouldn't fear death. I mean, the Bible said, the scriptures told me it's took the sting out of death, honey. I'm a, live, I'm a product of the God of the living, not a God of the dead. I tell you, I refuse to let any kind of depression any type of that spirit, amen. I'm not a part of that. I'm not a product of that. Hallelujah. I've tasted it. And I know that God's good. And God's on the throne. And we're on the winning side either way. And it's so just, just good to be here this morning. Good to have all of you in the house of the Lord with us. And to worship Jesus. And to magnify His name. And we're just expecting a great move of God. And a touch of the Lord here. But I want us to remember those. Amen. Let's remember... Sister Debbie, Brother Andy Barnum, and them. Also, Sister Sanford, doing much better. Got a good report this morning, the best report we've got so far. Amen. Had a beautiful day yesterday compared to the last two and a half weeks. She's actually able to get up and walk around four or five times. Uh, some other things happened that was a great sign. Uh, previously, if the last you heard, she was supposed to have surgery Monday. If nothing hadn't happened, they actually pushed that off to Thursday now because of so much infection and swelling. Uh, it was actually a danger to her life. Surgeon told her, said, if we do surgery then with as much infection you've got in your body, it will actually kill you. And so they pushed it off to Thursday this coming week if nothing hadn't happened. But we're still believing. Amen. We're just taking that as God giving us a little more time. The church, amen, prayed for Peter. Amen. Without ceasing for three days. And you know what? God sometimes just gives us a little more time to see what we're going to do with it. What you're going to do in the meantime. And I believe it's very important what we're doing in the meantime. Amen. But we're refusing, amen, to just back up in a corner somewhere and get locked up in a closet somewhere. No, sir. The only time we're going to get in closets in prayer closets. <laughs> Woo! Praise God. If anybody needs to come out of the closets, it ought to be the prayer warriors. Amen. With the knowing that a God that I serve and the Father that I serve said he, He'd bless me openly. If I'd, be, if I'd pay the price in secret, He'd bless me openly. That's in your face, devil. The Word of God's forever settled. It doesn't matter if everybody on this world and on this earth right now backslides and winds up in hell. This is still going to be triumphant. 
Those that died with this promise and died in the faith of the writings in this book and the God of this book has got the promise of eternal life. They don't have to worry and waver about it. Neither do you and I because there's somebody going to be here. It's going to be somebody that's going to be resurrected. So I know in the end time, Paul's writings, there's going to be some in a moment of twinkling eyes going to be changed. So there's somebody on this earth that's going to be ready and prepared to meet the Lord in that moment, in that twinkle of an eye. And why shouldn't it just be us? This could be the generation actually sees the coming of the Lord. Amen. To beat him in the clouds. What a journey that we're on. And that ties in with our lesson here today. Amen. Ties into our lesson journey. Praise God. Jacob, no doubt. Jacob and Esau, some powerful characters in our Bible. Amen. And the stories that gets unfolded to us. As we watch this uh, come together even here today, I would love to, uh, we had a counseled service Wednesday night, unless the Lord had changed my mind, I was going to come and preach and teach the previous lesson about Jacob and Esau, the birthright. Your birthright is very important. The second birthright is far more important than the first one. The first one, you didn't have a whole lot to say about it. You didn't have anything to say about where you was going to be birthed. You didn't have a whole lot to say about what gender. And I know they won't have a whole lot to say about it now. But it amounts to God about as much as you had whenever you had anything to say about it when you was in the womb. In fact, God's going to expect you to be what you came when you came forth. And all these cats and whoever they are that wants to change themselves when they stand before God and God created them to be a man, they decide to be a woman. He's going to judge them a man. And any ladies, amen, and women that decide they want to be a man, amen, he's going to judge them as a woman. And they're going to fail miserably. <laughs> well, oh well. It's still, amen, we're going to be held accountable. That's still, amen, accountability, hallelujah, slipped away from us in a sense. But on the other hand, it's still, amen, if, if the first Adam had to hold an account, amen, for where he was at when God called out to him, Adam, where art thou? Amen. Hallelujah. God help me. I want to be in your will. When I hear that voice, God, I'm in your will. I may be in the midst of a battle and I may have stumbled and got all dirty and all that, but oh God, just help me stay on the journey. Help me just stay, stay in the heartbeat of God. And so as we watch this, holding on to God's promises. Holding on to God's promises. How many of you remember the little story that the gentleman told evangelist? I believe it was. It came here. It's been years and years ago. Talking about the, uh, the young black gentleman that would go to the nursing home to his grandmother that was getting up in age. And every time he would go, she, the first, one of the first things she would ask him, are you yet holding on? And he say, oh yeah, Grandma, I'm yet holding on. <laughs> Amen. You know what? That's got to be comforting whenever you see our elders. Amen. When that's still their heartbeat, that's still their passion, that's still their desire. Regardless as their health is slipping away from them, maybe finance is slipping away from them, maybe not getting the, the visitations and the, the able to go places and do things. Hallelujah. Don't have that freedom, that liberty. Hallelujah. As you once did whenever you was able to do it for yourself. But there's some things we 
just hold on to. And that's the promises of God. Thank God for his promises. And I promise you, every promise is yea and amen in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be serving a, a, a God today. Hallelujah. That can fulfill the promises. And he was big enough and had enough confidence, amen, to put him in a book. Have men enrooted upon men, some 32 authors. Hallelujah. 40, as, as some says 30, some says 40. Amen. And they call them authors, but actually I call them secretaries. There's only one author. Amen. He just had some secretary, and he wasn't just any secretary. But these men had to meet qualifications, and Peter called them holy men of God. That they was moved upon, breathed, or stirred by God himself. Amen. As they began to write these things down under the inspiration, the power of the Holy Ghost called the Word of God. And so we got the Word of God this morning as we look back to it, and we started studying and reading about the characters and the individuals in this Bible. It's not made up by Hollywood. It's not made up by the devil. The devil's done everything he can to destroy the Word of God. The devil's done everything he can to raise up this one and raise up that one. Hallelujah. Try to rob us of prayer and try to keep. Don't let the Word of God be in our schools. Don't let the Word of God be in other places. But thank God it's still, amen, and all throughout the White House. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know. I guess they're going to look for the day maybe to go down in there and try to tear down them stall walls. But hallelujah. Thank God. Hallelujah. You and I can put the Word of God in our hearts. You and I can put the Word of God in our minds and in our spirit. And when everything else is crumbling out from under us, the Word of God will sustain us. The Word of God will stand true with us. When you don't find anything else, amen, to stand on, you can stand on the Word of God. I'm telling you, if there's ever been a generation, and I know it's a famine of it, the Bible said it would happen, there'd be a famine of hearing the Word of God. I want to pray God give me an ear to hear what the Spirit and what the Word of God's instructing us in the world and the time that we're living in. Because I want to walk where he, if he's going to order my footsteps, how is he going to order them? God had changed his method and way of order. He set up the fivefold ministry. He set up the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, I'm, not being, I'm, not being, I'm not being judgmental right here. By no means, but I wonder how many churches that we can gather in today that you could really say the fivefold ministry is working in that local assembly. How many assemblies can you gather today? I'm talking about across the board. Amen. That you, you, you see the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. It's in the book. That's New Testament too. Not Old Testament. <laughs> a lot of people want to go back to Old Testament like, you know, the Old Testament just tear that out and throw it away. It's no more. But where did the Ten Commandments come from? You'll throw them away? I don't think so. <laughs> so as we watch this, holding on. Praise God, man, what's written in this book to us, promised to us, given to you and I. Amen. I thought about this. We sung it. Brother Ford called it a child's song. <laughs> Praise God. How many of you are thankful for your Sunday school days? I was quickened just to hear a couple of weeks ago. Look at his circumstance. In fact, I had somebody call me. I won't mention their name and face and something. And uh, I finally just told him, took him back to one of the old Sunday school stories. I said, I'll tell you what. I said, if God can keep three Hebrew boys from burning up in a fiery furnace, I don't think he has no problem keeping us. Right down to the basic, simple Sunday school stuff. Maybe that's what we need to get back to. 
should have been so, and I, I'm not one of them, so I can say this. Hallelujah. Amen. Not astounded by our, our ability to say words and pull this up and pull that. But go back to some good old basic what the Bible's taught us in Sunday school days and activate that. Because you know what? If you get a real revelation, a remembrance of that account, amen, because I'm even going to mention it here this morning. Amen. An angel, one angel was sent. When Daniel got in trouble, if you want to put it that way, hallelujah, because he wouldn't bow, because he wouldn't yield, because he wouldn't do it the way the government set it up, because he wouldn't do it because the leadership wouldn't want him to do it. He wouldn't bow to a man and come under submission. But he was willing to bow to his God even when the testing time, when he knew that the decree was signed. Guess who showed up on the scene? What did Daniel tell the king that day? When the king got up, come running down. Oh, Daniel, your God preserved you. He keep you. Live forever, king. My God sent one angel and he closed the mouths of those lions. <laughs> Praise God. I'm telling you what, sometimes we just need to go back to some of our good old Sunday school days and just let them come back alive in our lives. Because if this God can close the mouths of lions, <laughs> Corona ain't no big deal. Pneumonia. And I may go that way if God sees fit. But I won't unless God sees fit. Vaccinated or not. Wear a mask or not. Okay, I'm going to get off that. Got a good lesson. Holding on to God's promises. You always remember one thing. If God's in it, you do what you can, what you feel confident, what your conscience good. That's what Paul taught us. He told one group, amen, because of they, was, they ate herbs and certain things, amen, because of their bodies. Others could go into any tent, any place, and eat whatever meat. <laughs> I mean, there's some folks around here eat rutabakers and hoghead cheese and hog's feet and hog's ears. and They even eat their tails. I don't know. <laughs> More to them. Now, if you get to the ham and the bacon and the sausage, I'm with you. We're going to bless it and we're going to, we're going to eat. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I ain't got that hungry yet. But if I will, I ain't saying I won't. You know, it may be a day, man. I'll be maybe glad to get a root baker. But uh, until then, <laughs> until then, <laughs> we're going to eat some of this other stuff. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. Praise God. And that's what Paul, and so that's the same way with some of this. Same way. It's really having faith and trust in God. Good conscience. Because there's comfort in both of them. Amen. Go on to, I tell you what, I can take you on another place, man. I don't know why this ain't a lesson, but it's just a little advertising, if you don't mind. Amen. Hallelujah. He told some of them, he said, if you're going to render today, render it unto the Lord. If you're not, he said, don't render it unto the Lord. Whatever direction you take, make sure it's unto the Lord. That the stand and the reason you're doing what you're doing, that it would represent Him and magnify and glorify Him. Praise God. So that, I believe that's how a lot of this works out. How many is for holding on? How many believes you got the strength to hold on? Amen. How many has ever felt a time whenever you didn't know if you did or not? <laughs> Woo, thought you was walking in peanut butter about knee deep. <laughs> Amen. As you was looking for the light at the end of the tunnel. Praise God. You ever had, you know, put on a sack of feet on your shoulder? I heard somebody tell me the other day, I won't mention who it was, but said they put, they said they put three sacks of corn on their shoulders. I hope so. I'm not, you know, I put one. I believe in one. <laughs> 
One, one, one way. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know what? I'm not going to carry it no two or three hundred yards. All I can say, we're going to cut the sack and start pouring it out early. They'll have to come find it. <laughs> Amen. But anyway, you just know what I'm saying. But, but, but watch this. Anybody read your lesson? I mean, read about the guy hanging on in the jet. Got sucked out the back door. How would you like to be? I've got several thousand feet in the air. September the 2nd, 1987. This thing actually happened. They, they heard a strange noise. The pilot said, hey, I'm going to go out and check it. And when he did, they heard, he hit a little air turbine deal and they throwed him against the back door and the back door come over and they sucked him out. 24,000 feet, something like that. God, anyway, several thousand feet in the air. Three or 4,000 feet in the air. Hmm. Co-pilot, a little red light comes on, man. He starts calling and says, hey, y'all got to send a helicopter out here. The pilot just got sucked out. He realized what happened. But he comes and he lands at the next year uh, airport. He lands that jet. <laughs> and to everybody's amazement, there's the pilot hanging on to the ladder of that jet for about 10 minutes, running some over 200 miles per hour, about four or 5,000 feet in the air. Amen. Holding on. Holding on. Some of us, I'll tell you what. Hey, watch this. And this is the heartbeat and the theme of the lesson. Sometimes when you feel like you can't hold on, guess what? God can hold on to you. If you'll just stay faithful, if you'll just hold on to promise, if you just won't backslide, if you won't try to change the doctrine, if you'll just say, you know what, God, this word's right. And it changed. It was this way 50 years ago. And it had changed its mind because I'm serving an unchanging God. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house this morning. My God's alive, but He don't even have the sniffles. We may have them, but He don't. So, sure enough, He comes and lands that jet. After three, get through, they say six inches. So, what kind of clearance He had from His head hitting? I wonder if He's praying for that co-pilot. Uh, I wonder if that pilot crossed his mind in them 10 minutes. I sure hope that co-pilot has been paying attention. <laughs> Come on, preaching to you. <laughs> I sure hope he's been listening what I've been telling him. I sure, if there's ever been a time, he needs to lay this thing down with some ease. <laughs> this is one of those times. <laughs> it's one thing riding on the inside. I mean, I, I haven't never floated. Don't they make you buckle up? This guy, and they're on the inside. They're sitting in comfortable seats. And they're making them buckle up. Can you imagine the journey? Can you imagine the ride? See, that's one thing that's wrong with Christianity. You know what they want? They want to just always be inside the jet. Hallelujah. Buckled in safely. And no threats. No worries. No challenges. No tests. But you know what? God can never manifest His glory. And manifest His anointing. And manifest His power. You're never going to see a miracle unless, you got, unless there's a need of a miracle. Now, to start with, each and every one of us has got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's a miracle within itself. Know that this God would come and take up residence and dwell within us and walk with us on a daily basis. He's always there. You may not feel Him. We've all been there. Feel like God's a million miles away. 
Feel like he's a million miles away sometimes, Brother Keith, don't he? Feel like he's on the other side of the world sometimes. Hallelujah. But you know what? He's not. Amen. He can, he's also on that side. Just because the government may not believe it, and because the majority don't believe it, he's just looking for somebody who says, you know what? I believe you, God. I believe, amen, you got a journey for me. I believe you got an expected end for me. I believe you saw this day before I ever saw it. And so you know what? That's the reason we come to Sunday school. Amen. Because judgment starts at the house of God. And we start receiving the word of God, instructions out of the word of God, because a storm's going to come. Go back to what Jesus taught us. A wise man will do what? Amen. He'll dig down and build his house upon the foundation. An unwise man will just pour it out on anything. It really don't matter. We just live a life of ease. And that same guy came a few weeks, come back, come back at the hardware store, and he told me, he said he was living the dream. I said, what dream you living? I finally got enough of it. I know a little bit about him. And he's living off of somebody else's social security check. And he's about 30. Personally, I think he needs to be body slammed. <laughs> Cane him a little bit. And say, now go to work. Or go to start starving. That's what the Bible says. If you don't work, you don't eat. And when you're physically able, you can work. You ought to work. That's the same way in the spiritual realm. God's not interested in having a bunch of... I'm going to tell you scriptures that have been beaming out at me. And this is not real pretty. Some of you may not like this because we're so sensitive about some things. But Isaiah said, those that are drawn from the breast. I ain't going to say what I'd like to say right here. I'll just keep that part. <laughs> you know... Woo, come on, Holy Ghost, help me now. That's what God's looking for. How many of you believe you're in the spiritual warfare? How many of you believe you're in the fight of your life? How many of you believe that we go, if we went into a world war right now, that we would call on the Boy Scouts to go? Who are we going to send? Same way with God. That's the reason some of us has been around the house of God. Associated with the word of God and opportunity after opportunity. Saying, you know what? I'm fixing a man up. Quite myself like a man. I'm not going to mumble. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to bellyache. I'll never forget what that elder preacher told us here that one time. You mean he's talking about his car had broke down, he's on the side of the road, and said he's walking down through the mumbling, grumbling and complaining, kicking cans and doing. And all of a sudden the Holy Ghost quickened and said, if you quit that mumbling and turn it into a prayer meeting, God do something about it. God's not interested in our mumbling. And so as you watch some of this, as it unfolds, amen, in Jacob's life. And uh, I'm, I'm a little handicapped here because I can't go back to the last week's lesson. just don't have the time. But to really get some connections of who's supposed to serve who and, and these kind of things. And, and if you read the lesson, I may go back and teach on it sometimes. But anyway, but if you watch this, six inches now. Come on, co-pilot. Man, if you ever set this thing down, I sure don't need it doing this. I remember, hey, I was just, I was young. I probably wasn't, but maybe eight. I, I wasn't very big. I, I remember that. And uh, maybe that's where you ain't a big fisherman. But I remember us going out, and uh, we went out somewhere near this little aluminum boat. 
And while we was out there, a, a, a storm, it was a major storm there. It might not have been in the record books, but it was in our record book. Amen. Because when you're in about a 12-foot aluminum boat and you got waves about this high, and I know that's nothing out there for the big guys, but you know, you know, anyway, it depends on the ship. I've seen some pictures of some, of some LHDs and, and CGs and all that we built going through hurricanes. I've watched them totally submerged and coming out the other side. Chances of being in a 14-foot aluminum boat open. <laughs> totally submerged. Coming out the other side is not too good, is it? I will never forget that. That little boat, boom! Boom! I said, I don't know how this thing's going to hold together. <laughs> I look back at Daddy. and <laughs> said, oh, God. Thank God we went too far out. And we made it in. But I can just imagine that pilot thinking about that co-pilot. Man, I sure hope. Now, now watch this. I wonder if that pilot ever pondered. I said, I, I sure hope that co-pilot realizes what happened. And he don't decide to finish the journey and, and fly for the next two or three hours. This is not in the notes. This one in none of my intents. I don't know, but I'm, I'm on it. <laughs> okay. Let me give you this example. How many is how many's ready for COVID to get over with? In fact, you know, I, I'm not like Pharaoh. <laughs> he told Moses about them frogs tomorrow. No, today's a better day than tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, right now. We want to hear COVID ever, ever, ever again. I can just imagine that old pilot maybe thinking, surely he called the next, next place that he can lay this thing down. Surely they're going to give him permission. Come on now, preaching to you. Maybe you feel like the turbulence is a little too much. Maybe you feel like, I'm telling you, if you'll just hold on. You got a captain. He's not a co-pilot. You and I are the co-pilots. He's the pilot. But you watch this. He not only can pilot the, the aircraft, he also pilots the storms. He also pilots the airports. He also pilots the devil. And pilots every sickness. And pilots every, every direction you go. He's the God Almighty. So I can just imagine <laughs> that pilot, they said six inches when he comes and sets that jet down. Said his head cleared that ground six inches. Running somewhere around a hundred or so when he first touched down on that ground. What I'm telling us this morning, you and I that's cast a lot with Jesus. I remember I preached that the other night, cast that means throw it. That means you're going to throw it and you're going to leave it. You put it in God's hands. His time, His hands, and His way. I give it to you. The Bible says He. Now let me back up a bit. What, what, let's go back. A wise man will do what? Dig down. An unwise will just be. Now let me ask you something. Who does the storm come to? We've let America, and America's let herself when it comes to God. 
that me and the man upstairs, you can work this thing out. We've approached it with a different approach, a different attitude. It doesn't matter where you go to church. It don't make any difference how you worship. But that's not what the book's taught. It's totally opposite. So I'm trying to drive something home. To finish the journey that God's called us. And it's very important. Amen. To have an ear to hear his voice. Because what's this? The unwise that didn't build upon the rock. That didn't dig down and find the rock. The storms came. The storms also come to the wise one. But because he was willing to dig. And connect to the chief cornerstone. And connect to something that would sustain and hold him. I won't forget, but I read a story one time with some trees up off the Great Lakes. A new guy had moved into the place, and those trees was like this, some type of poplar-like tree. Amen. And those trees were designed because those northern winds that comes, they almost like a hurricane that comes through those parts of the country. And so he noticed all the neighbors had them, but he didn't like them, man. He wanted them. So we went out there without asking anybody, without getting any information. We began to cut those trees down, man. He cut them, man. He had them all spaced out and got them where they could, you know. And all of a sudden, one of the more winds came. He got up one morning, looked out his backyard, and all those trees were laying on the ground. He began to question somebody then. He began to call somebody. Hey, my, my trees. My... He said, uh, did you cut? He said, he said, you do know that those trees have roots and they go down the ground and they intertwine with one another and hook up. He said, that's the only reason those trees can survive those types of wind. It's because they intertwine. I'm telling you the devil and carnality and pride and arrogance and, and hurt feelings and everything else is doing its best. Amen. Even our own brother and sister relationship. Because you know what? I don't need that brother. I beg the, I beg the difference with you, sweetheart. You're going to need that brother. You're going to need that sister. Because that's coming a storm, honey. And you can't handle it by yourself. And your family can't handle it by yourself. You're going to need a church family. You're going to need somebody that's connected. You're going to need somebody that's rooted in. You're going to need somebody just hang on, baby. She's born now, but we're to survive. This is not my first storm. This is not my first rodeo. This is not my first, but I tell you, God's going to see us through. And so as you watch this with Jacob and Esau and uh, what really begins to unfold with our lives, what begins to happen here. And as we watch Jacob here and you go back to the 32nd chapter now, some of this still blows my mind. Jacob did not have the perfect family. <laughs> I'm going to throw a few things out there to us this morning. Go back to chapter 31. You read where, and, and even further back, 28, but mainly 31, 30. Go read the time that Jacob finally reached the point. that God spoke to him and told him to leave. And so, whatever God had spoken to him to leave... Amen. That God would be with him and promised him that he would be with him. And that he would keep him and bless him and help him. And God had been with him for the whole 20 years. And uh, so, but we know that uh, Jacob didn't have what we would call the perfect family. We know that they stepped in and used concubines. And, and, and I guess I can put them that way. But anyway, it wind up how the 12 sons. And we know the struggle that went between the wives. And uh, even at the moment that he's going to depart, 
and hearing God and called his wives out to the field and told them, hey, we're fixing leaves. He said, because the countenance, countenance of Laban, the countenance of his sons, amen, it's changed. And, and so he, he didn't look at me like he once did. And I can tell, amen, that I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to flee. And, um, and we, we can watch how even Jacob, as we watch in this 20 years, there was something that still with Jacob didn't quite get out of Jacob. After 20 years, it's amazing to me how long God will work with us and be patient with us and willing to, to help us along the journey to accomplish and to achieve, amen, what he sets out in our lives. And so even with Jacob, hallelujah, but, but uh, watch this. I'm going to bring some things out, how that angels, because notice something in that 32nd chapter, the first verse. And Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. You ever met an angel? Besides the one you're married to? You ever met an angel? You ever had an encounter with angels? As far as I know, I hadn't either. Now, the Bible says, you know, got to treat strangers, you know, got to treat them right because it could be an angel. You and I all could have run into some angels and didn't know it. And how we handled them might be. <laughs> that angel might have said, hmm. All right, might have said, hey, that's my man. But anyway, that's, I, I don't know. I, God knows. But, but we notice here that he had, he saw angels. And we know that angels worked in Jacob's life. And even in the 20-year period. If you go back to a time, let me just give you an example how God blessed Jacob and, and caused him to multiply even to the point that, that Laban, even Laban recognized that God was with him and blessed him. He had far more than before Jacob had showed up. But that wasn't all. It was an angel that gave to Jacob in a dream how to take those poplar trees and strip them. Amen. And, 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 and put them in the watering trough. But, but yet, in a sense, it's, it's, it's that back to that deceiving manner, deceiving way. But, but God, God was with him. And so you know the story how the strong would come in and they would conceive. And when the weak come in, he'd take the poplar trees out or strips out. Amen. Let the weak. And so, you know, and then he had the spotted and speckled ring strake, which ring neck. Amen. These are the ones he had chosen. Amen. And the others would go back to, to Laman. And so he worked all this out and become blessed and he separated and he divided. I'm going to tell you something. There's separation in that Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation. We're living in a country today that wants to, wants to, please don't be offended when I'm fixing to say, I'm just telling you the truth. Hallelujah. Everything that calls himself a Christian, hallelujah, is a Christian. It don't matter how they come, no matter what plan of salvation, no matter, no, no, it don't matter if it don't, you know, can't find it nowhere in this book. But you know what? This right here still, we got to give an account to it. We got to come by what this book says. And even Paul told the Corinthian church, they ought not be no isms and schisms in the body. So it really blows my mind. Hallelujah. There's so many different ideas and opinions and theories. Hallelujah. How to be saved and then how to live a godly life. But you can't find it in the book. Hallelujah. So, so, so what I'm saying, even here, we're going to see as he separates and, and, and gets distance between uh, his lambs and his sheep and his flock, amen, and his men's servants and made servants and, and how God would bless them. But you know what? Apparently, he hadn't persuaded his wives. I can show you a time in the scriptures where Leah, a man, was willing to use her oldest son Reuben's man's rakes, a man, because they believe out of this particular flower, a man, this is why how conception would come and she would bear children. I can take you to the scriptures where with Rachel, that chosen one of his, on their very day and night of departure, amen, that she slips in while, while Laman, her dad's gone, shearing his sheep, slips in, amen, and takes his images. 
which is idols, which is gods, which they felt like. And, and if you go back and do a study on it, these gods, amen, were tilted. In other words, they, would be, they could bear children by taking these images and bound down to them and took them and brought them into her tent. And like to God herself killed. Because when Laman come running him down, amen, Jacob, Jacob didn't know nothing about it. Boy, that's a good one. Some of these cats that think, you know, well, I don't know why God didn't show him. Well, God don't show you everything. I don't care who you are. He didn't show the man of God everything. I got Elisha. I can back it up. I'm sorry. I'm still in the book, though. Still here. And so here, Jacob didn't have a clue what it took place, what happened. And he even told Laman, man, I mean, he made a big deal out of it. He said, ever who you find them with, so they're going to die right here. Sure enough, you know the story how he went to Rachel, Rachel's last tent. You know the story there, how she couldn't, she wouldn't get up anyway. And then the end of that, you're going to see they made a treaty. They made a covenant between one another and they took stones and piled them out there. And they made a peace treaty between both in two terms, amen, of the Hebrew term and also the Arabic term. They used those type of words which meant peace. Forever they would have peace with one another. They'd never tackle one another, come against one another from that day forward. Amen. It would be, be a settled deal. And so now we're going to pick up in the 32nd chapter. And we're going to pick up where Jacob, amen, is fleeing. And he, he begins to, and he sees the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's host. And he, call, and he called the name of that place Mahanaim. Mahanaim. Mahanaim means camp. Mahanaim actually means double camp. And so now now Jacob realized at the beginning of his journey that not only his camp but now he's got the great host of God the camp of God's host that's going to be with him and walking with him and helping him along this journey that he's on hallelujah I want to give you a few scriptures this morning because is there anybody our generation that needs to be encouraged not only through Jesus Christ but other means and ways of comfort and, and strength and energy we're living in it today we got a pandemic amen it's very contagious and it's having its effect and, and please just hear me out this morning hallelujah but I'm glad I'm serving a God that's going to see us through so let me talk to you for just a few minutes about angels Psalms 34 and says and the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him did you hear that the angels of the Lord encampeth around them that fear him and delivereth them we have angels that encamp around us if you fear God amen if you fear God and you reverence God and you love God and Jesus said if you love me you keep my commandments and if you walk in the counsels and the authority of the word of God you don't have anything to fear hallelujah fear should not dominate us or rule over us but neither should we ever have arrogance and high minus and rudeness we need to find balance we're living in an unbalanced world. We need, if anybody needs to be balanced, it ought to be Holy Ghost filled people that knows how to deal with the natural and also know how to walk in the spirit. But understands who we trust. 2 Kings 6 and 17. We can see a time here, and I'm going to preach on this a little bit more tonight. But the Lord's help. Amen. When the king of Assyria, amen, had came up against them, amen, to come down against uh, uh, Elisha because Elisha, the man of God, was telling the king of Israel where the enemy is going to be at and warn them. And if the king take heed to it, hallelujah, he wouldn't be there. And so the king of Syria, amen, in his own bedchamber, his own servants, he began to question them, who, who's selling us out? And he said, nobody. He said, the man of God. And so, so the king of Syria, he gets a 
great host, the Bible says, and come down at night and camps around the city where Elisha's at. And so when the servant wakes up in the morning in 2 Kings 6 and 17, amen, and he looks out the tent door and all he can see, amen, is the, the, the great host of the Syrians is encamped around him. He can't see, amen, the power of God. He cannot see the angelic host. And sometimes we find our own selves in that kind of condition and in that kind of situation. But I'm telling you, if we'll just pray, God, open my eyes. Hallelujah, open my ears. Help me remember the word of God. Help me plant it in my heart, my mind, and my spirit. When everything else is trying to shake me, when everything else is trying to get me all nervous and staying all up and up, up all night worried about it. Hallelujah, I'm going to tell you something. Daniel slept, not the king. But king was the one that ought to have been sleeping, not Daniel. But when God's in a title, you can sleep and let God take care of it. See, that's the problem. If we're not careful, we want to take care of it. We want the pride and the glory of it. When a lot of times, we just need to put it in God's hand. Say, all right, God, it's your, it's your business. I'm your child, and you do it the way you're going to get glory out of it. <laughs> Praise God. But we're going to see where the, the servant, when he came back in, Elisha prayed this. Said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he might see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. I could talk about that on, but I'll, I'll go on. Hallelujah, because another. Can I say just a little bit about it? Let me just say a little bit. Because we battle, we battle with that some now. How did Elisha respond to that, that great host? He prayed for blindness to get a hold of him. He takes him. He says, hey, y'all at the wrong place. Let me lead you where you need to go. And he carries down to the city of Samaria. The king of Israel. <laughs> when he gets him there, the captain comes out. And first thing he wants to do, can we pull a sword? Can we kill him? Can we kill him? Can we kill him? Elisha says, oh, no. He said, what would you do with your captives? If you, if you got them by your swords and stabs, what would you do? So sure enough, he prayed and God opened their eyes and said, give them bread and water. And the Bible says he let them go. And then the same verse, it says they had no more attack from them for a while. What I'm trying to tell us, if we'll fight things the way God wants us to fight it. If we'll humble ourselves and put our faith in him. That's what these mothers, amen. Hallelujah. It's bringing these children to the world that we're living in today. Hallelujah. But you know what? There is a God. And we're going to raise them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And we're going to help them to be strong in God and strong in prayer and strong in the house of God. That's the reason we sung that first song, Sunday school. Hallelujah. Men and women and children alike come into the house of God. Come into the house of worship and prayer. Hallelujah. If we're not going to come, I'm going to tell you, it's out of time. Amen. Forsake not the assembling ourselves together. Let's assemble. Let's make the best of it. And I know there's times, I understand that. We're going to use some common sense. But I'm going to tell you something. We're not going to be like some of them. I heard just the other day that there's one church that's closed the doors. Hallelujah. They're going, to, they're going to use the computer live stream. They're never going to open their doors again. I wonder how they're going to perform marriages. I wonder how they, I wonder how they go lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. Anyway, well, 
There's just some things whenever you forsake to doing that. Amen. It, it will hinder, amen, the other operations and the promises of God being fulfilled. See, there's certain things that have to be done before these promises can be fulfilled. But if you'll do these things and walk in this, hallelujah, guess what? All the promises are going to be yea and amen and they're going to be fulfilled. And so as you watch this, amen, and, and I know I'm going to run out of time here if I'm not careful. But even Daniel, as I talked about him earlier, so I'll go past that one. But in Matthew 18 and 10, you're going to see, take heed that he despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. Their angels, their angels, their angels beholding. Hallelujah. And that's the reason, you know, we don't believe in abortion. We don't believe in that stuff. Hallelujah. Because there's an angel. Hallelujah. Take care of that little baby. And it doesn't matter how conception took place. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what kind of it took place. And I know it can bring some heartaches and disappointments. But you know what? Now that we're living in grace and truth and we're living under the mercies of God, I'm telling you, God can save anybody. Whosoever will, let them come. And you and I don't never have the right, hallelujah, to cancel out their opportunity. Hallelujah. And mock them off when we understand the mercy and the grace of God that will work on our behalf and help us along this journey. And so as you watch some of this really begin to unfold, and when you go to Genesis 27, watch what the Bible has told us about a few days in a life's journey. Now, now listen to what the mother had told Jacob. <laughs> you know how she had helped deceived and had Jacob come into Isaac the father. And uh, so, but listen to part of this because can you imagine how long that pilot, that 10 minutes felt like to him? I can imagine how long it might have felt like even to the co-pilot. Now if you read the article... You're going to read that uh, whenever they, they, they'd finally landed and the service people got out there to him, it took them a while to prize his fingers off of that ladder. They literally had to prize. Man, he'd done locked down. Life is in that locking down. We're going to lock down. Let's lock down in the Word of God. We're going to lock down. Let's lock down in the promises of God. We're going to lock down. Let's lock down in prayer. We're going to lock down anything. Let's lock down. Amen. That you know what? I'm going to believe the Word of God regardless of what anybody and everybody else says or thinks. Hallelujah. He's my keeper. He's my provider. He's going to help me. Amen. And I, he's already got my days marked and laid out. All I got to do is just stay with the program. Genesis 27 chapter, this is a time that that took place. And, and uh, she called him in. But I'm going to go to the 44th verse just for sake of time. She tells Jacob, this is a mother. Now, I'd love to talk last week's lesson. And, and I'd have taught it just a little different. She had already interceded to God. She'd already understood what it was to have a struggle. And she pondered and wondered and asked God. Said, you know, God, if this is for you, what's this struggling going on? So Esau and Jacob struggled before there was ever birth. And God informed her there's going to be two manner of people, two nations. And the younger, the older is going to serve the younger. And if I get a chance to come back and preach on this, that's a type of the flesh. It's got to come under subjection to the spirit. But the flesh of man's got to be born first. And then there's the need of the second man. 
that Jacob represented. That's the reason God could say, Esau I hate, but Jacob I love. Esau represented, amen, carnality, pleasing the flesh, amen, the belly being the God. And the now time, and, and nothing, nothing's sacred, nothing's important, nothing's awesome. That's just like coming to the house of God, how, how awesome it really is to be able to come and sit together in the presence of God. The Bible refers to it as a, have a heavenly, this is the most heavenly place on earth that you're going to ever experience. Is it the house of God and where the body comes together and gets in unity of the Holy Ghost and the power of God falls in this place and souls can be born and bodies can be healed and great and marvelous things. Why? Because we have gathered here together. <laughs> Praise God. But his mother, amen, tells him in the 44th verse, it's telling him he's going to have to flee, he's going to have to go. Said, but, but watch what he says, what she says. And Terry with him talking about her brother, this is Lehman. Tarry him a few days. It's just going to be a few days, son. That's all it's going to be. Anybody have, have an idea how long it was? Scripture taught us 20 years. Those few days turned into 20 years. He worked 14 years for his two wives. And then six years for the sheep, the cattle. Twenty, those few days turned into twenty years. Sometimes living for God and seeing the promises of God fulfilled, it takes a while. But the key is for you and I to hold on to His promises. Especially the promises that you and I know that God gave to us. That God inspired us with. That's why it's so important that even though who may attack and who may rise up against you. Or who may even forsake you on the journey. You've got to be determined. I'm going to tell you something. Those wives wouldn't committed to him as, as, as much as some may think. Or they wouldn't have been reaching for idols to worship. Well, I'm just telling you. It's there. But the promise was given to Jacob. The promise, amen, of accomplishing and fulfilling what was set before him. And so as you, you watch this. So the sixth verse picks up. And, and so Jacob sends messengers amen, to, to Edom to meet Esau. They met him. And they found out that he had 400 men with him. The Bible says in Genesis 32 and 7 that Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. Anybody been distressed lately? <laughs> Anybody been a little afraid lately? There are circumstances, situations that can affect us. Amen. When it comes so personal. It's always amazing to me. <laughs> you know, you tell people, well, I'm I got go to preach here or something. Oh, you do good. I said, boy, I wish I had the faith y'all got. Y'all like it ain't nothing to it. I don't know why God didn't call y'all. <laughs> but sometimes I've watched some of these same folks whenever the light falls on them. <laughs> oh, my goodness, I got you. But rightly so. I ain't making fun. I'm just telling you. Mm. 
I ain't trying to be ugly here, y'all. I'm trying to help us out. Becomes more real. All right, let me help y'all out. How many of y'all want to trade places with Sister Diana? Next four weeks. Ain't got no volunteers, sister. I just wonder why. What's your problem? How many is far? How many of you believe she's going to do a good job and that thing's going to be all right? I just proved my point, didn't I? I just proved my point. And so that's true. Even with Jacob, but Jacob was the call one. Before he's ever birthed, God knew. God knows each and every one of us. Now I'm going to tell you something else that God's been working on me about. <laughs> Being sent. I, boy, I'm, I'm getting in trouble. But uh, we're living in a world today, even in church, that, man, we got, we got all kind of activities going on and things, and I'm not against none of them. But how many of them have we really prayed and it seemed good in the Holy Ghost? And top it off, God sent. God sent the speaker. God sent. That went over real good. But this is just things I'm struggling with. I say struggle, I'm praying over. Because you know what? If I go, I want to be God sent. Because if we want God to show up and we want God's anointing to be there and we want to see miracles and we want to see the supernatural, guess who's got to be there? I don't care what your last name is. I don't care how long you've been in Pentecost. This ain't a lesson, is it? No. But it's about the journey. And I tell you one thing, this is how we can get off the journey. And how our journey all of a sudden becomes a man thing instead of a God thing. And a lot of times it's a man thing. You know, you know, if man has his way. Sit down picking on you this morning, okay? Just bear with me. If Sister Diana had her way, you know, she would uh, it'd be over. How about that? Well, Jerry didn't have his way. They realized a few days ago just how, how close it was on them. And they started making some arrangements. You know why? Because it's coming. Can I tell you something? On your journey living for God, your promises are going to be tested. And you can't afford it. You can't get around it. You can't. Now, you can shove it off as long as you can. You can murmur and complain about it. You can try to avoid it. But I'm telling you, before the promise can ever be fulfilled, you've got to walk through the testing grounds. You've got to walk through the valleys. Before you can experience a mountain, honey, you've got to walk through the desert. You've got to walk through the wilderness. You've got to prove yourself to God. I'm going to hold on. And that's not all. You've got to prove yourself that God will hold on to you. That God will hold on to you. That God will see you and strengthen you and help you make the journey. And so even with Jacob, he's facing Esau now with 400 men and he's afraid and distressed and rightly so. Jacob had a great host of men servants, women servants, but he didn't have no military. He didn't have an army. He didn't have a group ahead of him with chariots and swords and shields. You know what this done for him? This is what pushed him. Pushing that place, he began to take bands and separate them and gifts, gifts for grace, for grace, for Esau's grace. 
And so, as he began to set that up, he even took his two wives and the four, but, but the, to start the bands. He talks about the two bands. And he, he sends them across the brook. Jabbok sends them across. But now the Bible said that Jacob is alone. He's by himself now. And he's going back. You know what he's going back to? He's going back to that Bethel experience. Bethel, which means the house of God. We got a lot of people that think they can go to heaven without the house of God. Now you why the house of God's under attack? Because, man, the devil's doing everything he can to rob us of coming to the house of God. Because this is the place where it's called the house of prayer. How many of you believe that prayer changes things? When man can't help you. When a judge can't help you. When you're on the other side of the world. But prayer can be made. Prayer can be made to an angel. And an angel can be sent down and shut the lion's mouth. And so now Jacob's by himself. And he had to shove. Could it be that maybe Jacob realized that Leah and Rachel both wouldn't as committed to his God as he was? Could it be that he realized that the promise wasn't given to them? It was given to me. I'm the man. And sure enough, he starts into prayer. And he tells God, he said, God, I, I don't deserve your blessings. And I, I've been overly blessed. I, I really, I, I, I haven't earned this. But you know what you hear most of today? <laughs> I hear two things. The biggest one, I don't deserve this. You committed to crime or you've done this or you've done that. And, you know, it's kind of like driving 80 miles an hour down the road and you get a ticket. None of us don't like the blue light specials. I mean, we don't. But, huh. I'm fixing to say another one. Huh. I've heard, there ain't no parents here. <laughs> I've heard parents say, my baby don't deserve that. Come on, folks. We're certainly awesome. An awesome God. And sometimes even promises made to these little darlings. We're going to be tested. So sure enough, he gets into what they call a wrestling match. Paul even writes in Ephesus, he talks about wrestling like wrestling with beasts. Reading commentaries on it, some of them believe it was literal. Some of them thinks it was just a mind thing. I know one thing that was literal. That they, everybody could see. I'm going to tell you something. When you have a real encounter with God, everybody's going to know it. You don't have to tell nobody. You don't have to write a book about it. 
You don't have to write a song about it. You, you, you'll be the song. You'll be the book. You'll be the true testimony. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And here he comes back and after that wrestling match. Hallelujah. And then, then that angel reached a point in the place. Hey, you got to let me go. Day's breaking. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go. I'm going to hold on. I messed up 20 years ago. And I, I watched the angels ascending and descending. I know where the power comes from. I know where the glory comes from. And I'm not going to let the first angel that showed up in that prayer he wraps him up in him. Beginning of his journey when he seen the great host of angels, he didn't do it. But now, now that he's facing Esau, now that he's facing 400 men, now there's a possibility of watching his own wives and, and children being defiled and overcome. I got to get in a prayer meeting. You know one of the biggest struggles we have at this church? Prayer. Get us to pray. I'm just being honest. We tried a Friday night prayer meeting once a month. Didn't hold up. <laughs> too busy. Got too many places to go. We'll go out and eat. Go on and do this and do that. And I'm not being ugly. I'm just telling you. And then we wonder why we're at. Why our nation's facing some of the things she's facing. I will tell you something. I believe this strong enough. If we could get the White House and enough people to start praying, we could drive COVID out of this country. And the rest of the world would know it. Amen. That God just stepped in on the scene. And God just drove it. I'm talking about zero cases. You don't believe it? That's fine. That's your business. But I know this much. Jesus walked into cities and villages and healed them all. It matter if I was demonically uh, oppressed, amen, or possessed. It didn't matter what kind of cancer. It didn't matter what stage they was in. It didn't matter if they had a blood problem or a heart problem or a mental problem. He killed them all. And he said, we can do the same. The journey. Go on the journey, folks. And I'm telling you, the devil's doing everything he can to rob you. Here's the deal. He doesn't want you to finish the journey. Go back, go back to the time, 20 years at Bethel. Bethel, the house of God. And Jacob makes the statement to God. Man, when those angels came, ascending, ascending. He said, the Lord was in this house, and I knew it not. But he makes a vow with him. The first, the vow, or the, the moral covenant. He takes what he was using as a pillar. And now he makes it a pillar. And he makes a sacrifice. And he vows to God. Amen. If God, if you'll provide food, raiment, and give me peace back in my family, you're going to be the Jehovah God. You're going to be the Almighty God. There's no God. Only God Almighty can do this for me. 20 years later, God promised him. God promised him right there. Go back and read it. He said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to keep you. I'm going to be with you in all your ways. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to keep you. And now he is 20 years later coming back. And in this wrestling match, he's changed. Watch this. He changes his name. It goes from Jacob's supplanter now to Israel. What happens there? When he became prince, prince is in royalty. Now he has power, not only with man, but with God. And so now, after this encounter with God, 
And even though it changed him, and he's got a limp, and he's changed forever, now he's going to face it. Now watch what he does. Amen. When he gets up the next day, and he's facing Esau, and, he's, and he lines up his family, and puts them all in the order. Amen. How he loved them all said and done. And you know that Rachel and Joseph was at the hand apart. Amen. As they brought them. But guess who's in front? Guess who's leading the pack? Jacob himself is coming. <laughs> and the Bible says seven times he bows before Esau and calls him Lord. Seven times in that limp. Now all of a sudden a man hey, wouldn't bow. All of a sudden a man hey, wouldn't submit. All of a sudden a man. There's always a man. I'm going to have it my way one way or the other. I'm preaching to us. reason Jesus said, except you come as a little child, you can't enter the kingdom of God. We got to come as a little child, little children. Oh, there's times, I didn't mention it. You can't always act like a child. You can't always act like a spoiled brat. You can't always have it your way. And when you don't get it your way, hey man, I'm, I'm going to change churches. Please don't take that wrong. Just, just, we'll change places. I'm going to go, I'm going to do this. If the journey was for you to stay and get changed where you was at, you can change all you want to change. But until you change, you can change all the environments, all the geographical locations. You can change everything. You can change families. You can change jobs. You can change whatever you want to change. But until the moment that you come change, God cannot do anything for you. You will not have power with God. You may have influence and power with man. Jacob needed something more than what man could offer him. He needed power with God. And now Jacob comes, not with, not with a sword, not with a spear. Humbling, bowing, submitting. What happens to, what happens to brother? Well, that's, that's right opposite of the New Testament brother, isn't it? New Testament brother, when the prodigal son come home, the New Testament brother got mad. Why y'all partying? In fact, if the brother had waited on the, his other brother, amen, to be there waiting on him and then and got him in arms, he'd have been in trouble, wouldn't he? What's well, amazing how that's in the New Testament, yet, yet in the Old Testament, we can see an Esau 20 years later melt. Literally melts down. Comes running and falls on the neck of Jacob. And they embrace like only brothers can embrace. And weep upon one another's neck. And cried. And then he began to ask Jacob. What's all these gifts? What's all this about? Jacob tells him. I just wanted you to know. Man I was reaching for your grace. So I'm sending these gifts. Can I, can I preach to us a little bit? How many of you feel like you've been blessed of God? How many of you feel like the grace of God showed up time and time and what's He doing? What's He doing? It's that grace, it's those gifts. 
those kind acts. Amen. Why? That we have fellowship, companionship, because he knows we got an adversary. He knows we got a devil. He knows that we war against the spirit of the world. He knows we war against the spirit of carnality. He knows the battle's real. He's walked where you've walked. He's been through the trials you've been through. Hello, he's been tempted every way. Hello, but he's overcome every one of them. And so he shows us grace and compassion and mercy. Hallelujah. Why? Hallelujah. He's, he's demonstrating his grace. He's still demonstrating his compassion. Where you and I sometimes would mock him out. And some of us would say, you know, you ought to blow his head away. I'm just being honest. God's long-suffering. Because of that long-suffering, he's able to save. But I've had to have that long-suffering. I've had to have that compassion and mercy. Or I wouldn't be here today. We all know that. And so as he sends those gifts, Esau didn't want to take them. He said, oh, no, man, I got plenty. I don't have need of nothing. He said, no, Jacob said, oh, no. I want you to take them. And he did. He received them as a sign, as a token, a man of his grace to Jacob. I know what time's running out. Then watch this. If you go to the latter part of that 33rd verse now, you're going to see where God fulfills the promise to Jacob in the journey. Because Esau wants to hurry up now. Let's go back to Syria. Let's go back to home. And Jacob said, oh my Lord, no. He first offered him military help. He said, I could leave some of my men here and they can protect you. He said, oh no. He said, I want to frustrate the grace of God. He said, besides that, we got, got children. We got small, small cattle. Calves. And if you, if you rush them one day, Rush him one day too hard. It'll kill him. That's the reason you and I as a church sometimes. Let's be careful. Let's be kind. Are y'all feeding McKinley steaks yet? Y'all ain't took her out feed her a steak? Uh, y'all cut it up. Cut it up. Have a little. That's small. Would y'all eat it that small? A handful. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. See what I'm saying? That's how patient God is. Watch him. Today, the bread that's been dipped. Everybody's peace is different. But he's the one that gets it perfect. He's the one. And what you and I, as a church and as a mother, this real mother's not going to say, when daddy says, she's big enough, just give her the whole thing. Oh, no. (laughs) Don't worry, those dating times and all that other stuff, y'all get to enjoy it. But see what I'm talking about? God knows. God knows. And you know what? The mother. We got to be patient. Got to be long suffering. Got to be gentle. Just because somebody didn't respond the way you did, don't call them lazy. I know sometimes they might be, and sometimes that may happen. But that's not true to everybody. I'm sure these, these teachers would love to take their class and they could probably name one student that they wished everybody was the most like. They make all A's. They never cut up. They sit down. I said one. 
But I promise you there's probably one also in there that they hope that nobody's like. But they also got some. They got some. If they make a C, it's party time. Because they know they gave it their best. Jesus is the one that came up with this marriage and stick, not me. 30, 60, and 100. Even when he gave the, the talents. Now the one messed up, he just wanted to bury it. I preached on that a while back, didn't I? Promises to journey, to finish the journey. Now watch him. He promised him to bring him back home, to bring peace to his family. But that wasn't all. The land. He comes back to Syria. But he doesn't stop just there. He moves on and you'll see where he purchases a field for a hundred shekels and builds an altar and sacrifices to God. The promise of the journey. Amen. And Jacob, that God fulfilled through him. You can stand this morning. My prayer and hope is this morning that You've been touched by the word of God. By the power to hold on. Well, if we ever living in a time that we need to hold on. Not to become discouraged. Not to become frustrated. None of us likes none of this. We don't like this. And the worst part of this thing is the contagious part of it. And, and, and you know, nobody wants to make somebody sick. Nobody wants cause. So you know what? We need a God thing. We need a God thing. I promise you, if we'll just do like Jacob, and sometimes I'd separate ourselves from everybody else and get a hold of it in prayer until... We're changed. When he changed his name, he changed his character. That's the reason when you and I are baptized with the Holy Ghost, we change the way we walk, we change the way we talk, we change the places we go. Y'all looking at me like y'all didn't, but uh, you better have. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Amen. We all had to change. We had to. And you know what? He's still working on us on this journey. That's what this journey was all about. Even for Jacob. What couldn't happen in the 20 years, it happened in a one-night prayer meeting. In a one-night prayer meeting. Amen. I would like for you to help me pray this morning. I tell you what, why don't we just come up in the front all of us. Just, you don't have to even kneel. We'll just stand. Not only are we going to pray for what God's dealt with us this morning. I want us to pray for those that are not able to be here today. i got several families that are out and um, sick. And we want God to reach down and touch them, minister to them. It doesn't matter if they got COVID or the flu, pneumonia. I uh, remember Brother Randy, Sister Debbie Burnham and her situation doing well, all said and done under the circumstances. And we thank God for that. 
Uh, but we're not going to back off of prayers. We're just going to, we want that to encourage us. Also, we want to remember Sister Samford to, that there'll be some more improvement today and possibly tomorrow. And there's a possibility he may be with us Wednesday night. That's not in concrete yet, uh, but the possibility might be. And he, ought, he will be using the fellowship hall some this week. And uh, so if you see in and out, you know what it's about. But let's pray for them, that situation. Let's pray for our country. And let's pray for revival. Revival. Amen. I want to see revival in Bendale, Mississippi, like we have never saw it. And it's not that I don't appreciate everything that God's done and everything everybody else has done. Uh, but uh, I just believe there is a revival that God wants to give us uh, that will blow our minds. So would you help me pray? God, we love you. Appreciate you this morning. So thankful for your grace, your mercy. And I'm so thankful for every family and every individual that's in this house today. All that are able to come and be a part of this service. You help us. Your words taught us where two or three agree together is upon this earth that's touching you for one thing. And we're touching you and reaching out to you, God. For our brothers and sisters that are sick and afflicted this morning, that the healing hand, the healing virtue of the Lord would reach down into their lives. We understand that all power in heaven and earth has been given to this wonderful name called Jesus. We understand by the scriptures that with and by the stripes laid upon your back that you've attained healing already for us. We're claiming that healing. We're reaching for that healing. We believe in you for that healing and for that healing God to flow throughout this body and body of believers and even in our community, county, state, nation, and world. You help us here this morning, God. We lift our voices unto you for revival. Help each one of us be determined and pay the price and submit and yield ourselves to be revived within ourselves to be who and what you desire us to be in 2022. We're going to give you the glory. We're going to give you the praise and the honor for the mighty hand, for the mighty hand of God that moves upon us and through us. All the praise and glory and honor lifted to none other but to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. Uh, let's continue to pray for one another. Back tonight, 5.30 prayer time. Uh, I'm not sure about the choir practice. Uh, probably with everything going on, they may want to still hold up just a little bit. Uh, so they'll find, you'll find out. Text you or do something, okay? Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.